Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Mission in 5, the podcast, where we ask five simple questions to everyday ministry practitioners to learn more about who they are as people and where they see God moving in their local communities. I'm your host, Greg Mamula. Well, welcome back to Season 2 of Mission in 5, the podcast. This is our third episode of the season, and last time we spoke with Bev Putzis, the Director of Camping at the Moses Merrill Camping Conference Center. Bev really did a great job at sharing her heart for people, the local church, and her ministry at camp. So be sure to go back and listen to her her interview to catch a glimpse of her joy-filled spirit. And while rooting around in those archives, be sure to look at the other great interviews with guests that we've had over the last two years. Today I have the honor of speaking with some of my favorite people in the whole world, Sam and Brittany McDaniel. Now, I first met Brittany in 2008 when I was serving as the associate pastor to the First Baptist Church in North Platte, Nebraska. A year or so later, Brittany married Sam, and together they plugged into the ministry at First Baptist Church. They helped me lead the youth group, they participated in the young adult ministries, and they went on mission trips and did lots of other things at the church. I, uh, in 2012, took the role as associate exec for ABC Nebraska. Since that time, Brittany and Sam have continued to be deeply involved in the life and the ministry of First Baptist Church there in North Platte. They're also deeply involved in the Fellowship of Christian Athletes in town, and together they have three young children. Brittany is the speech and theater teacher at the North Platte High School, and Sam is the day rehab care coordinator at the Region 2 Human Services offices there in North Platte. Welcome to the show, Brittany and Sam. It's so good to talk to you guys again. So let's just jump right in. You know, who are you? Tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe how you guys met and how you ended up in North Platte. Okay. So Sam and I are both redheads, and we met on a website called redhead.com, which at the time looked like MySpace, but just for gingers. And I was <laughs> bored working at a box office theater in South Dakota, and Sam was babysitting his little brother in Oklahoma. And we just started talking because we had nothing better to do. And we met face-to-face. And it was like, oh, I really like you. And yeah. the rest was kind of history. And when I... I had when was this? Uh, 2008, 2009. And then in okay. 2009, I had a job with Peter Company, and that contract was up. And I got a job here in North Spot. And so I moved back here. This is my hometown. I was born and raised here. And Sam moved up here because he didn't have a job, and I didn't. Yep, so I, I found a job in North Platte, and then uh, we couldn't leave. So we uh, stayed in North Platte, even though we tried very hard to uh, to leave. It was obvious that we were supposed to be here. All right, very good. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, how you got there. I mean, you've kind of alluded that to already, about jobs and, and those sort of things. Maybe explain... Um, uh, maybe elaborate a little bit more on North Platte being your hometown, Brittany, and then some of the ways that you've um, connected and, and, and why you're staying in North Platte. Okay. So I graduated from here from North Platte High School in 2004. And then I went to the University of Sioux Falls in South Dakota, which is a good uh, ABC Baptist college um, in Sioux Falls. Amen. And Sam and I moved back here and we got married in 2010. I think you would, we both kind of talk about how we were mediocre, fake Christians who got married thinking that life was going to be perfect. And we quickly mm. found out that marriage is not perfect. And we thought maybe North Platte was a problem. So I was auditioning for grad schools and Sam was looking for jobs in other towns. And we were doing anything and everything that we could to get out of North Platte. Uh, and then 
at the time we've been asked to help out with Epicenter, which is the youth group at First Baptist when you were there. And mm -hmm. in 2011, you moved up to the region, and so our church had said, hey, would you guys just serve, like, in the interim for just a year so we can kind of see kind of what our church is needing before we hire a, a second staff member? And at the end of that year, Tom Wilde, who was our senior class at the time, told us, hey, by the way, I'm moving to Rhode Island to become the executive regional minister there. So good luck with staying on as youth leaders, if you would, please. And so over the course of that, and I think Sam would say the death of his brother, um, who was almost 16 at the time, was pretty integral into encouraging us to continue in our ministry. And it just seems that more ministry opportunities keep falling into our lap, and the timing keeps working out, and God keeps pushing us and saying, yep, do it. So yeah. we say, okay. Hmm. These, the, yeah. these, these opportunities that God gives us just seem to just be available. And uh, in terms of just have to be awake and living and it's kind of obvious God giving us sign after sign of saying, Nope, you're where you need to be and you know, keep going. Okay. Yeah. Um, question number three then is is what moves you? Do you guys have any passions, hobbies, um, interests? I know there's sports, you know, on the side every once in a while, softball. I know theater was a, a big part of Brittany's life. Um what, what do you guys do when you're not knee deep in ministry? Uh, I like to uh, keep learning. I like to learn different things that I have no clue about, and you know, see how well I can master uh, master them. Whether it's um, something in in the stock market or learning how to weld, um, hmm. just a very huge, varied degree of different things. Um, right. So you, I remember at one time you had a motorcycle you were trying to repair. Oh yeah, I've I've done motorcycle repair and um, you know, roof our garage. Yeah, install windows. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, you're remodeling your house. Yeah, doing that a lot of it yourself. Yeah. So keeps you uh, keeps you on your toes. Yeah. I still really enjoy theater. It's a little bit harder with three kids and the typical schedule that theater rehearsals call for. Um, I also yeah. enjoy still like running and working out, even though that is also kind of on the sidelines. And I, mm. and like Sam, where I like to learn new stuff, but my avenue tends to be more on the creative side rather than the, the practical side. But right, right. I like to craft and create things that way. So um, for our listeners that don't know, you have successfully competed in how many different triathlons now? So I've done a couple of sprint distance triathlons and then one Olympic distance two, three half marathons and two full marathons. Man, I'm I'm doing good if I can make it down the stairs without getting winded. <laughs> See, there, there you go. That's where I'm at. <laughs> no I think, way. I think I'm doing okay until I see a Reagan Stoops post about his ultra marathon that he does. Yes, he's, that's pretty impressive. 100 mile race <laughs> yeah. in 24 hours. Hoofda. And and he's he's done two or three of those. Yeah. It's incredible. And it's not like running on comfy roads, treadmill running. It's no. It's like trail running. Yeah, yeah. And and they're all a little bit different. Yeah. I think sometimes they do um, like a lap, you know, and the last person in a lap, whatever distance that is, is out. Right. And then he's done other ones where he ran 50 miles down a dirt road and then just turn around and came back. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's do oh. question four then. Um, 
I want you guys to to maybe um, for for those who are listening, um, this is this is the. The, the reason we do these types of interviews um, is because we want to encourage other church leaders, um, uh, volunteers, pastors, whomever they may be, and, and, and just let them know that there's lots of different kinds of ministry going on in our churches in Nebraska. So you guys are involved in a lot of ways, not just in the local church, but you feel like your ministry um, expands beyond the local church and you're part of other things as well, like FCA. Um, but if you could just take a minute and kind of explain the many different things that you're engaged in and how you how you feel like that's ministry. Okay, so maybe I'll uh, I'm gonna start by kind of listing off the kind of ministries that we do, and then I'll let okay. Sam maybe expand a little bit on on each of them. So our main one that we focus okay. on a lot is Epicenter, which is a youth group at church, and it's six through twelve grade. I mean, we meet on Sunday nights. And then Tuesday nights, I go to a women's Bible study that our pastor leads. Wednesday night is Fellowship of Christian Athletes at the high school. Thursday morning, Sam attends a men's Bible study with our pastor and a couple other men at our church. Thursday night is what we call college night at our house. Uh, we had a fair amount of students that were graduating from the high school here in North Platte and sticking around town, either working or going to school here at the community college and they needed a place to plug in and so they come over for dinner and uh, Bible study and games. And then uh, Sunday morning I help lead worship with the praise team and things like that. We're also pretty involved. Our high school has a food pantry as well as a washing machine and a dryer to kind of help fill needs for students who either don't have access to basic hygiene care and just kind of need some meal help either because they're living on their own or they're couch surfing or they're their home life doesn't allow for that. And our church has been pretty integral uh, with helping keeping that running as well and being really supportive of that. So that's a wow. quick bullet point list, and I'll let Sam explain any further. Seems like. Yeah, yeah. that's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> and, I, and I would say those are kind of like all peripheral um, because then we have full time jobs of right. you know, doing uh, case management and human services for me and teaching high school students for for Brittany. Um, and that right. kind of is, I would say, our main, um, our our main avenue uh, in which we we get out and serve. Um, that uh, because that's the probably the most time that we get to spend with unbelievers um, and to really show yeah. people um, who God is and what He's all about. Um, and the other ones are kind of the, the secondary, and a lot of times they're the easier service um, because they're just kind of the, the known um, right. where, you know, talking with students about um, things in a high school setting, um, that's real life. Um, you know, in, in church, a lot of people just want to talk about the, uh, the churchy stuff. Right? Um, so it's just <laughs> the same way with um, working with, uh, with individuals um, in my job as well, it's uh, it's very it's very difficult. Um, different from being inside the church, mm. and we even like as a, a really fresh example, like this past uh, Saturday morning, a former student who just graduated in May passed away in a car accident. Mm. Um, just I mean, forty eight hours ago, and so I was able to talk to eighty plus kids today um, about wow. how short life is and where. That is, and so often, you know, you see 
people post on Facebook about how God isn't in schools anymore and stuff. And Fellowship of Christian Athletes does a really nice job of educating teachers and coaches about what they can and can't talk about in the classroom. And I am more than welcome to share, like I'm more than allowed to share my faith and to talk about what I believe in the classroom as long as I don't try to push that on other students or judge them or make them feel less because they don't have the same beliefs as I do. And so I was able to bring in juice boxes and cheap cookies from Walmart and just say, hey, I love you and I love you because Christ loves you. And he calls you to come to him and just be with him. I, I mean, students that have really rough home lives, I just was able to, I shouldn't say it wasn't even me. Like, I was put in a place where I'm able to do that, and I and just continue to be in awe of how God just is willing to use me and all my brokenness and imperfection to reach yeah. these crazy kids. Mm-hmm. You know, this is one of those things that um, now this I've, I've done several of these interviews now, and and this idea of having a vocational calling, maybe, um, I mean, I, I, th- I think we put a lot of emphasis on being called to vocational ministry in the sense of it being a profession, mm-hmm. pastors, missionaries, mm-hmm. region staff people, but so many of my my conversations have gone just what you're saying here is that. Their their regular nine to five or eight to five or in your case seven to seven okay. <laughs> uh, t- type ministry uh, is 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 your job. Yeah. You know, it's this is this is where God has called you. It's not something you do to um, not just pay the bills, but it is a place where where you get to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that is something that we really um, struggled with, especially after the birth of our of our third child here in June, was because. You know, daycare, child care is expensive, and yeah. if you're trying to find child care for, for three children, we need part-time because my mom watches them part-time as well, and just dealing with postpartum emotions, and you want to stay home, and you want to snuggle your babies, and you just yeah. want to live in that life, but then knowing, ma'am, like, that's not, like, I get to go home, with, we both get to come home at the end of the day and tell our kids that we love them and spend time with them, and a lot of people that we interact with don't don't get that, and so knowing that but that, that's important, and that's something we need to continue doing. And our church has been way, way super supportive in letting us bring our kids along with any and every ministry that we do as far as on the church front. And so that's been a big, a big help. Yeah. We've been supportive of that. Okay. Um, are there any of those ministry areas? I mean, you, you've talked a little about about the school and the caseworks. Um, uh, are there any of the other ones that you bullet pointed at the beginning that you want to highlight? Um, I think the, uh, a lot of the other ones have, um, kind of fit within our vein of, um, of learning, um, and teaching, um, kind of go hand in hand. Um, I think one of the things that, um, really pushed us further in our ministries is that, uh, continuing desire to, to learn, um, more and more, I think has been Hmm. super helpful, um, because then you can teach it so much, so much better. Um, the more, the more you know. And that's something I think has definitely shifted, especially in the past year to six months. Is realizing that if we want to continue teaching and being able to feed into other people, that like we also need to do things that help us learn to be better. So choosing to be involved in a Bible study, even though it's complicated and for Sam it's really early in the morning for me it's really late at night like they're both at times when our children are still sleeping that we sneak out and go to Bible study and meeting with right. other couples 
um, in town who go to different churches but are also kind of bivocational ministers and doing multiple ministries at once and reaching in with them so, and talking and learning and growing together. Like that's helped, I think, our ministry by taking time for us as well on our own personal walk. Because I think that's something ministers in general can get really burned out on because they spend so much time teaching others they forget that they need to keep learning and, and keeping that relationship as well. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's a big thing for anybody in ministry, rather mm-hmm. it's yeah. pastoral or, or otherwise, is, is burnout is a big problem and, and not doing adequate self-care um, is, is important. So so you're saying one of the things you do for self-care is attending these Bible studies um, where you're not the leader, yeah. um, mm-hmm. but, but you are a participant. Yeah. Um, are, are there other areas of self-care that you do besides that or in addition to that? Um, we are Sunday afternoons from the time we get out of church, like right after lunch, until the time we have youth group are blacked out. It has got to be something pretty special that pulls us away from having that time where we take a nap as mm-hmm. a family. We maybe watch some football, we play some, some games, or we color or do a project together. Um, just mm-hmm. to kind of, we, we spend so much time with everyone else during the week that it's nice just for the five of us to sit and just be. And people get grumpy with us sometimes because we turn down a lot of opportunities and we say no to lots of things because that's the one time that we know that we don't schedule anything. Yeah. So saying no is a is a spiritual discipline, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not easy and it takes work and it becomes part of your routine when you practice it more, but, but saying no is, is not always easy. No. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so what are some tips for that then? Um, how do you how do you keep that committed? How do you say no to people when um, they clearly want you to be engaged in, in either more ministry or just uh, social context, and, and you know it's it just doesn't fit right now? I think uh, I think a lot of it has to do with uh, realizing what your what your ministry is and what your ministry is not. Um, mm. So I, I, there's a lot of times where, it's, gosh, that'd be really fun to do, um, or yeah, I think. I think we would do really well doing that or, or this or, you know, hanging out with uh, a friend would be, you know, nice to do, but if it doesn't fit in with the rest of our, our ministry, you just have to take that as it is. Hmm. Yeah, and I think we, like, it, it's kind of people know that at our church, and so we set that boundary, um, especially, like, Oh, maybe a good year into our marriage, it was something we just kind of started because we both were working pretty high-stress jobs at the time, and we just said we just need time to to come back and be a couple. And then when our son was born, it became a really big thing of like, yep, this is just Sunday afternoon mm-hmm. culture. And both of us had kind of grown up in a house where that was kind of inside, but was a little bit more flexible. And so Sam and I just sat down and said, no, we need this time to, to reconnect as a family and as a couple because Sam and I our partners in this and mm-hmm. we both kind of have roles that we've settled into in our different avenues of ministry and just be able to have time to check in on that and make sure we're both on the same page and feeling okay it definitely helps keep us communicating better and keeps us from being uh, grumpy with each other because something didn't go well and something that we've yeah. done in the middle of the week or whatever and so it's been been good so let's talk about um, what you engage in, in ministry then um, are all those decisions joint 
decisions or are there some ministries that appeal more to Brittany that Sam goes along with and then vice versa um, ministries that really move Sam and Brittany says oh, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna support you and be part of that or is everything kind of like co-ministry oh okay go for it well I think I think this kind of happened just last week yeah in terms of uh, a ministry and um, it was okay it seems, seems important to uh, one of us but not as important um, or not as feasible maybe um, just in the grand scheme of things with dealing with you know three children and trying to manage all of that um, yeah. like we said we take we take our kids with us everywhere, and um, so just talking through that and saying, "All right, let's let's try to try to do this ministry a different way, um, or be available when we can for this ministry." Um, and so, I think the the thing we try not to get stuck in is leaving our ministry um, the same cookie cutter way. Um, just doesn't work. Um, you got to mm-hmm. be able to morph and change a little bit um, because otherwise you know the players change um, right. so your play should change a little bit and I think if you were to look at our at where we've come how we've grown and evolved since 2011 where we kind of took over FSNR after you um, moved to Omaha and for a while it felt like I was kind of the front person and Sam was working the behind the scenes kind of detailed stuff and over the course of oh, the first three years our ministry kind of sort of flipped and now Sam uh-huh. seems to be the um, the teacher and the leader and I provide the support in the background as far as paperwork for mission trips and making sure drinks and snacks and games are lined up and checking in with students throughout the week and kind of doing that yeah the behind the scenes stuff that doesn't really get noticed and especially with college night because most of our the people that come are all boys and right. most 18 to 20 year old boys don't want anything to do with a 32 year old mom <laughs> nursing and chasing toddlers around. And so, and that's been a hard, a hard shift for me, especially I think to realize that when I became a mom, my ministry needed to, to morph hmm. because change is uncomfortable. And for so long, uh, I just had a desire and a heart to speak to, to young girls and the college girls. And now as a mom to talk to, just women in general about what life and ministry really looks like and be honest about that. And I keep thinking that like someday God is going to provide me with an opportunity to, to speak and to, to lay into women. But right now it feels like I'm backstage help for a group of boys. And we joke that college night is Wendy and the lost boys because our house turns into mass chaos. And I'm just there, (laughs) (laughs) you know, doing it, but it's, it's been good. And so then I love, I love speaking and I love talking to people about my faith and speaking at FCA and stuff. Yeah. There's something that is really special for me to watch my husband share his faith um, right. to other people. And so I don't want to deprive people of that because he's fantastic at that. Yeah. Are there people in your life then um, who, who help keep you centered, keep you focused? Um check you every once in a while and say, I think you guys are doing too much um, or, or anything like that? Um, we could not do this without my parents because they live here in town. And right. so on Sunday night, uh, when we go to youth group, the kids, Alan and Johanna and Graceland, will play with us for the first hour when we have game time and snack time. 
But then when it settles down into Bible study, my mom will take them up to the nursery, and so that gives us a little bit more focus. And mm-hmm. it feels like there are some deacons that when I try to sign up for more things or try to say, oh, I'll take care of that, they say, no, like, really, you shouldn't. Um, but the mm. few people that we've tried to tell us, oh, no, you're doing too much, have told us that right before another avenue of ministry has just, like, opened up and flourished. I just kind of settled <laughs> into a place that feels like, yeah, no, I appreciate you. Like, I appreciate that people care about us and they worry about us doing too much, but, man, it just is really hard to turn stuff down when when it feels like, yep, this is this is right. Yeah. Mm. And uh, I have a... I have a friend who definitely um, is oh, 10, 12 years ahead uh, of us in terms of uh, family life and gives us some really good tips of saying, nope, you know, you should, uh, you should take a break every once in a while. You should, you know, spend time with your family and you should say no. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes you don't hear that. You know, sometimes right. the world tells you, go, 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 go. Um, and it's good to hear somebody, you know, supporting you and saying, "No, it's okay to, it's okay to take a take a Sabbath and take a break." Right. Yeah. Um, you know, we've kind of lost track of our questions here, but I I do want to ask one more in this vein because I I think there's something happening here with with you two as an example of um, you know, being very engaged in ministry, having a family, being connected to a local church, doing self care. Um, your your sources of income are also your your spirit, uh, vocational ministries for you. Um, but how do you um, do? Do you see that as like a um, like a holistic thing? Like this is just all an extension of who we are as people, or do you see them all as individual like side hustles of one another? Uh, I think they probably started off as side hustles of, of one another. Um, mm-hmm. and fully morphed into realizing this is, you know, this is who, who we are and this is who God has called us to be. Um, we get, yeah. you know, great examples, you know, of, you know, us, Paul is a great example who, who makes pens, you know, on the side, um, so that he can continue his ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, but really it wasn't a side business. It was a way to fulfill God, um, God's will in his right. life. Um, and I, I see yeah. that more and more often is that, you know, these things are all connected. Um, and it's just, this depends on if people see that they're connected, you know, when they're in the thick of it, um, and realizing that God is still in control and he's got these, all of this connected together. Cause otherwise, I mean, most people would look at our life and it looks like a, a, a house of cards just, <laughs> just waiting to fall over. Um, because it seems so chaotic and crazy at times, but somebody's holding all those cards because it can't be us, you know. Mm. Yeah. That has really worked um, in our ministry to do healing kind of for both of us because we both um, lost our youth or had, or we don't leave them as far as death. We both had youth pastors that we were really close with that left during our high school years, which I think is a really formative time um, for students. Right. That can be kind of traumatic, and so we've been able to to be kind of a constant, which sometimes students don't get. And then I was really, in high school, struggled a lot with athletes and didn't like them. I didn't, they didn't like me and we didn't get along. And I had um, lots of hurt that I held on to. 
up until yeah. we started helping with FCA. And even when Sam started to get involved and said, hey, you should just come because you're a teacher and come meet these kids. And I was like, no, I don't, I want nothing to do with them because right. I just, I was, they were athletes and I just didn't. And now right. through the past four years that we've been helping, it's really been like, okay, like athletes do have a good place and they are just as worthy of salvation as anybody else. I need to get my, you know, my duck straight. And we wow. um, both also grew up in the church, and so I can look back on people who are 10, 10, 12 years older than me and how I looked up to them when I was little and how I wanted to be cool like them and go to youth group and, you know, go, go to camp and go on mission trips and stuff. And so when we started having kids, we both said, this is something that we're going to do because, A, we mm -hmm. want our kids to have those role models to look up to because at some point in time they're going to not think that we're cool. <laughs> and B, it also gives us a talking point to those youth and say, just so you know, yeah. kids are watching you. Like when my son goes to FDA, he puts on his socks a different way because he wants to look like the boys at FDA. Wow. And so we're honest with them and say, if my son notices how your socks are, you better believe he notices your behavior and whether or not you're being the hands and feet of Christ. Wow. So we don't like guilt trip them into it, but we let them know that they're good. I mean, Alan and Johanna especially are a great example of saying people, people watch you and they see you and they notice you. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's kind of a, yeah. it, the relationship goes both ways and has been really positive, I think, for everybody. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, I, I, want, I want to ask one more question, and, and you can be as guarded or as open as you want with this, but um, being disconnected, I mean, you're basically around students of, of some age, you know, 25 and younger, um, all the time, you know, and um, what are the sacrifices, what are the difficulties that you you encounter as you do all of this? Like, what are some things that you don't do that other early 30s people are doing that, that you think sometimes, man, I, I, I've just given that, that thing up? for for ministry um we are pretty financially conservative like we don't have internet we don't have cable at our house um okay we don't have nice cars <laughs> my okay. friend jokes that one of our cars is a tuna can because that's what it looks like and we live in a pretty <laughs> small house and we because we try to use our money for ministry and we try to give back that way and so in a lot of ways, we look countercultural. Yeah. It's hard where most of our um, most of our peers are kind of running the rat race and trying to, you know, get the nice house and the nice car and the next promotion at work. And we're just and I, you know, I have friends who work at the Metropolitan Museum of Art and are on Disney tour boats performing. And it's hard not to look at them. It's like, oh, you're doing really cool big things. And Sam has, you know, friends that he went to college with that are pastors at mega churches and it's hard not to yeah. feel jealous of that but then we look and say no like our life is so good yeah and our ministry while it, it feels small number wise we feel like we have deep relationships with our students and especially with the college boys so some of them we've known since birth or at least since sixth grade so we've yeah. walked with them for 20 years and say oh my goodness look at where your face is now compared to where it was just mm -hmm. Like it makes that sacrifice and not, not so big. Yeah, I, and I wouldn't say there's uh, there's probably 
some sacrifices of, you know, I think we would probably um, go socialize more or, you know, their families or go hang out with friends more, go out to eat more, things like that. Um, but we get to sometimes do those things while we, while we do ministry as well. Uh, yeah. And so sometimes those, those opportunities just turn into ministry opportunities as well as social opportunities. Wow. Wow. What a witness. Well, let's move on to our final question then. And it's just kind of the what's next. Um, what you guys are, are doing quite a bit and, and sometimes in the midst of that, sometimes it's hard to see beyond tomorrow, but, um, do you, do you know what's next? What's what's next for your youth group? What's next for FCA? What's next for your family? Um, do you have any big plans coming up in the next six months or a year? Um, well, so we had a deacon meeting tonight, and we just um, talked. The food, the food pantry at our high school is something that's really dear to my heart just because a lot of the students that are involved in theater tend to be students that are kind of on the fringe of the school. Right. Um, it tends to just draw towards students who need a home or need a family and they feel rejected everywhere else. So theater is a good accepting place. So I know lots of those students. And so our church is going to work um, this Christmas, not only just with the traditional Salvation Army basket that most churches do, excuse me, and things like that, but we're also going to um, do gift cards and work to be able to provide something for a gift for those uh, the students that we have that are homeless or are uh, living independently because they're old enough to be living on their own and putting them in the foster care system would just be a whole lot of paperwork and, and trauma for them. And so we're looking at providing gifts for like 25 to 30 students. So that, wow. that to me is exciting just because those are students who I'll get to talk with and see them realize that somebody cares and not just, you know, more than a tax write-off because it's grocery store that they could get a big donation. So that's like something that's coming up really soon. Okay. Other than that, I don't know. I think it's, uh, we've got uh, a core group of kids in our in our high school um, youth group that uh, are really engaging um, and digging in deeper. Um, and I think uh, we had a, a girl ask, you know, how do we how do we talk to um, how do we talk to a friend who's an atheist? Um, and so going through some apologetic, um, mm-hmm. type things is going to be kind of coming up next, which, um, is always great, um, to teach because then we also get to kind of sharpen our own, um, skills and saying, okay, this is why I do believe, you know, God is who he is, as he is. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's exciting, um, from the teaching aspect, um, that I'm looking forward to. I'd like to think that someday, somewhere, I'm going to talk to a group of women about what it's like to be a mom and a woman in ministry and a woman at work yeah. and where, where that balance is. But if not, yeah. that's okay, and I'll keep rocking and rolling here. All right. Well, maybe somebody listening to the podcast can, can reach out to you. So if somebody wanted to, to reach out to Sam and Brittany and... Um, in North Platte and get to know you a little better, how, how could they reach you? Is, do you have emails, phone numbers, things you're willing to share on a podcast? Uh, yes. So you can find me on Facebook. Uh, you can either Facebook okay. the church, the First Baptist Church website, and eventually the message will get back to me. 
Mm-hmm. You can email me at brittany.j.mcdaniel, and it's T-T-A-N-Y, at gmail.com. Okay. Uh, my phone number is 520-2987, sorry, area code 308, for those of you on the eastern side of the state. Um, or just okay. call the church, and they'll give you our contact information. They're pretty, it's pretty easy about that. Okay, very good. I'll um I'll add that information into the show notes later so people can have that. Oh, perfect. Well, thank you so much for speaking with me, and uh, and thank you for being on Mission in Five the podcast. Do you guys have any uh, parting words? Well, thanks for having us. No, thanks. Yeah, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Well, thank you for listening to Mission in Five the podcast. Keep tuning in as we introduce you to the many church leaders, pastors, and ministries impacting the churches of Nebraska and the larger American Baptist community. Be sure to check out the show notes for links and contact information for Sam and Brittany McDaniel, the First Baptist Church of North Platte, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes in North Platte, and their vocational callings in the public sector. Subscribe to the podcast at Podbean, iTunes, and Google Play. While there, be sure to rate and review us so we know how you're enjoying the podcast and making it easier to find for other people. Send us ideas on who you'd like us to interview for future episodes, and feel free to support us by giving through the PayPal link on our website at www.abcnebraska.com. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.